It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Pittsburgh Steelers have an exciting mix of young talent and established veterans around second-year quarterback Kenny Pickett. But what does this roster look like in its totality? We're breaking that down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And of course, a big old welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Joe, happy Monday, May 15th. I, I don't have a national off-the-cuff kind of quirk, non-related football topic to get us started today. So the happy Ides Monday. The Ides, the of, Ides May. of May. Yeah. I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, we're in this thing now where we're taking all of the animated classics uh, from our childhood and they're making them into live action films. Yeah. Are you planning to take your daughter to see the little mermaid in two weeks when it comes out? Uh, we've thought about this. Um, I'm interested in seeing it. I don't know if she's going to enjoy like kind of the darker side of it. And I don't know if I want to like get our, get into that right now. So, okay. Okay. I ha- Although she haven't... loves the wizard of Oz. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, dude. You never know what you're going to get with a kid, right? Like sometimes it clicks, sometimes it doesn't. And it's like, if this clicked, why did this not? Or why did this click in the first place? But I think we're going to try to do the animated version this week and see if she likes it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be good. Ariel. We're we're Ariel stands around here. We just got an Ariel bathing suit. So Okay, cool. Yeah, Yeah, we're we're very much... in the Frozen chapter, right? Oh, brother. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're we're fully in that. Fully in that. Mm -hmm. So let, it go. let it go. Uh, locked yeah. on NFL scouting with the draft ads. Let's yep. get in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Talk Steelers. <laughs> yeah, before we lose our audience here. Uh, yes, Pittsburgh Steelers, you're up for your roster assessment today. Kyle and I both spent time in the film. We've considered the context, the dynamics of this operation, and we are here to discuss what we saw during our studies. Okay, so we'll start over on the offensive side of the ball. And I do have the – I'll flash it for everybody on the YouTube channel. Ooh. We do have the, the spreadsheet up, but we're going to foc- We're gonna let you guys digest that in segment three for those of you who do partake on YouTube. And instead, we're going to talk about observations on each side of the ball first. And I think for Pittsburgh, the thing that stands out the most to me is I'm really excited about the new left side of this offensive line. When you think about – Kenny Pickett being a player who 
is athletic and can win outside of structure. And pairing that with Najee Harris as a former first-round pick who's really struggled from an efficiency standpoint. I know his volume's been very good. His raw numbers have been very good. But from an efficiency of per-touch perspective, they've needed help on both fronts for Kenny Pickett for protection and also winning the line of scrimmage. Well, they go out, they sign Isaac Samalo in free agency. They draft Broderick Jones in the first round, trade up to go get him. I think the domino effect of what that will do to them put Kevin Dotson and Dan Moore in utility roles instead of his starting roles has the potential to really give the Steelers more punch offensively. And I think that was desperately needed. And I think it was the right tone and focus for Pittsburgh this offseason. Yeah, I love that athleticism for Brand, uh, Broderick Jones there at left tackle. And, and like you mentioned there, they get stronger with their starting unit and their Guys have been relying on the start games and now backups, and they're like borderline starters, and I think that really puts their offensive line um, both better in terms of starters and depth. Kyle, my big prevailing thought with this offense is Pat Fryermuth, this tight end man. He's nice. He is a good football player, and obviously like the production has been really good for his first two seasons, which is pretty uncommon for tight ends. They don't normally come in and really uh, produce like Pat has. But it's even more impressive when you think about his rookie season was with whatever was left of Ben Roethlisberger, right, which is kind of tough to watch. And then this past year with Mitchell Trubisky kind of starting the season a few games and then a a rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett taking over, for him to be uh, such a reliable player no matter who was playing quarterback, um, his ability to work the middle of the field, sit in zones, make tough catches, strong hands, you know, even, even competing to win after the catch a little bit. Um, I think he's just been so reliable already for them, and and I'm very excited about him as a volume piece of this offense, right? I, I think he's one of these tight ends that is a 100-target-a-year guy, and he certainly pushed for that last year. I mean, even as a rookie, 82 targets. Um, I think they got themselves a staple here, and it's fun because, I don't know, I think about Heath Miller and those Pittsburgh Steelers teams kind of in the earlier part of this decade, and I feel like they got their next guy at tight end, and he looks like he's going to be a real stud for years to come. Hey, do you remember the premium slack? I I do, yeah. Yeah. You remember Michael Buchanan from the premium slack? I do. Remember how much he used to dog me because my pre-2021 draft cycle take was Pat Farmuth was tight end one? Oh. <laughs> well, spike the ball, baby. You got, you got this one. <laughs> and listen, I understand Kyle Pitts missed seven games last year, but from a snaps perspective, they play within 200 snaps of each other and Kyle Pitts, 96 receptions, 1382 receiving yards and three touchdowns. And Pat Fryermuth, 123 receptions for 1229 yards and nine touchdowns. I mean, Fryermuth, you put it in that perspective, 55th overall pick versus Kyle Pitts at number four. And yeah, we, look at what Atlanta's offense was last year and say, well, that's not not too hot. But was Pittsburgh's offense all too hot last year either? Yeah, right, right. It, I, it's it's pretty impressive. I, I'm glad that you mentioned the context of the production for Fryermuth in the first two years because, like, Pitts did all his damage in 2021. It was like, holy cow, a 1,000 yards for a rookie tight end. Like, it never happens. Well, Fryermuth's just been this steady Eddie caught 63 passes for 732 yards last year and had seven touchdowns his rookie season. So that's with Matt Ryan too at quarterback, right? Who was still productive, right? Like I, Kyle Pitts is awesome, right? The Falcons fans should love him, right? But 
Yeah, forever. This you're, is you're this just is not a players in your draft stop. Your class. This is yeah. not a slander of, right. of Kyle Pitts. It's just putting in perspective how consistent Pat Fryermuth's been. And everybody kind of fell asleep on him because he got hurt his final year at Penn State and didn't play all that well with Sean Clifford at quarterback, right? But like, lo and behold, <laughs> Man, get this guy a quarterback. Guy. <laughs> Jeez. Well, let's hope year two Kenny Pickett, right? And I think Kenny Pickett is primed for for a nice step forward. Uh, I think the balance of the offense, um, both from the offensive line improvements, like we mentioned, and, and the ancillary impact that that's going to have on being able to run the ball and hopefully run the ball with a higher efficiency level. Although Jalen Warren's a nice player too. Like him. Like him. He's a really, yeah. Oh, yeah. really flashy little player. I knew I was going to hit on one of these Cincinnati running backs at one, <laughs> at one point that I it keep It was liking. Jerome Ford. Jared it was Jared Dokes. There's Jaylen at least Warren, one baby. more if we're forgetting yeah. two. And it, there, finally, there it was Jalen Warren was the one that really looks like he's going to be a nice complimentary player. Nice change of pace from what Najee Harris is. Um, but then Pittsburgh goes out, they trade for Allen Robinson, and I know we're both low on Allen Robinson, but I thought Allen Robinson's last year in 2021 before 2022 was still not good. Like right. he, he has two not years. been good. For, he hasn't been good for three years. Yep. Right. So yep. how much you put eggs in that basket versus, well, you also have now year two of George Pickens to emerge Deontay Johnson. We both feel is a quality starter. You've got some more, you've got young players that are growing and ascending. And I think all of that pieces together for Pickett, where I think he's going to be due for a nice, progression step forward i don't i don't know that the ceiling's ever going to be wow you good but i think he can be a quality starter in the nfl with enough time and i think pittsburgh's taken the necessary steps to help make sure that this key window for him he has opportunity to continue to get better well i think you look at kenny pickett as a rookie started 12 games seven touchdowns passing nine interceptions pass a rating of 76 and you're not gonna think that's very impressive I say watch the tape. I mean, I, I thought he played good situational football. I had, think he had some big moments, big third downs, big touchdown passes late in the season, got better as things moved along. Uh, I became pretty comfortable with the development that he showed in season last year. And I think with the offensive line improvements, which I, I think will make everything better with this offense, I mean, I, I think he's got a good group of receivers. Uh, I think Deontay Johnson is a player that will be better next year with um, Kenny, because, you know, Deontay's a, a rhythm guy, right? He's a route runner. He's a separator, a, a guy that really, you know, gets to his landmarks and is reliable. And, you know, Kenny, I don't think that part of it was there, right? It wasn't necessarily a, a read it and rip it situation all the time with Kenny. It was a lot of times isolating players, moving the pocket, a lot of extended plays where I think as the rhythm stuff comes together, I think Deontay Johnson will be even more productive for this offense. They can't have an injury at receiver. That's one thing I will say. They don't have a lot of depth there, but, uh, if everyone's healthy here with this offense, I like the makeup of the unit. I don't like their offensive coordinator. Um, but you know, I think that Kenny's, he, like you said there, he's primed to take a step in his second season. Well, and you you talked about the turnovers. He had seven interceptions in his first three and a half games and then had two interceptions in his final 262 pass attempts yeah. on the season. Yeah, that's good. Case in point, Joe, that first half against Pittsburgh, he completed every ball. He just – was 10 to 13 and threw three balls to the Jets instead. Ball never hit the ground in first appearance for him, but uh, that was a game in which he didn't start. Right, He came in midway through, and that's a third of his turnovers from a, a, an interception perspective. So I, I think the growth there and the trajectory is, is plenty promising. Um, 
real quick, can we talk about George Pickens? I know we, yeah. we both put Pat Fryermuth in the quality starter bucket pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And this is after two seasons. And we kind of, our general rule of thumb in classifying players is incomplete evaluations. You can kind of go up to that third year. And then after that point, like you generally know what a guy is. But uh, the, Pickens was a player we both put as an incomplete evaluation. So he is uh, not someone who we definitively have bucketed. But if you were between buckets on where to put him, what was your what was your considerations for Pickens? Because he flashed obviously quite a bit, quite quite a bit. Yes, I wanted to put him in adequate starter already. The yellow tag, um, but I feel like he's a guy that really benefited from some of the stylistic ways that they played football with isolating him, moving the pocket, and and Kenny just kind of ripping it to him and asking him to make a play. And I think that's fine, but I want to see him incorporated into this offense more traditionally in ways that I think are sustainable for his production. So I'm very excited about George Pickens. The skill set's really, really good. The hands, the ball skills, the body control. But I want to see this kind of mature for another season before I go crazy with putting him in a higher bucket. Absolutely. But if, uh, look, you want to go crazy, head on over to FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs, because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back and bonus bets. If your first, bet doesn't win. And there's a whole lot going on in the world of sports right now. If I'm not mistaken, the NHL playoffs are happening. You got MLBs in full swing. You got NFL futures bets that you can check in on. So head on over to FanDuel. There is no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are all in on our Panthers, right? So this is uh, NHL? So it's the Panthers mm-hmm. versus the Hurricanes? Yeah. No, I got to go with the, the Carolina Hurricanes, man. Come on, man. Who's on the other side of the bracket? Uh, the Vegas Knights just amid, eliminated Edmonton in game six last oh, so night. Oh, Connor McGregor, Connor McDovern. What's his name? Connor McDermott. What the heck's that guy's name? The, the good hockey player. Connor McDavid. <laughs> I went through every Connor. He just ripped off. Well, who knew there was a McDermott? Five NFL offensive linemen (laughs) names to get to Connor McDavid. I didn't even know. I I don't know who that is. I'll be honest. I'm a new hockey. What are you talking about? This guy's like the best player in the world. This is like the next Wayne Gretzky. I am not aware of who he is. Oh, all I know is uh, games. There's a game seven tonight between Dallas and the Kraken. For a spot Go in the crack Western it. semis. Go crackheads, baby. So, yeah. Crackheads, right? We're both crackheads? Oh, yeah. No doubt. So, Kraken, 
Uh, I would root for the Kraken to go in the Western Conference. Okay, I'm rooting so for a Kraken right. Panthers final. Okay, I'm rooting for a Kraken Hurricanes. That's what I need. Shame, shame on you because you are should be a Buffalo Sabres fan, right? I am, but they didn't make the playoffs. I don't think they made it in about 15 years. Well, I, that's why you're holding out on the Panthers because I think the Panthers edged in by a point over the Sabres oh, for that well. eighth spot. No, I went for Carolina Hurricanes because I live in North Carolina. They don't play in North Carolina, Joe. They play in Columbia, South Carolina, don't they? They, they play in Raleigh, North Carolina, oh, the capital okay. of North Carolina. All right, there, <laughs> there goes my sales also, pitch on the go, Panthers. Also, go Western Conference. No, what's in the in the NBA playoffs we have? It's the Celtics and the Heat. Celtics and Heat, and okay, then it's so Lakers heat. Nuggets. It's it's a re, redo of the bubble okay, finals. Give me, give, me, give me Heat and Nuggets, please. I don't know. There's a part of me that'd like to see LeBron make a run at one. Uh, give me I, heat. I, give me heat versus LeBron. Just not LeBron. the Celtics. Not not the, the, agreed. Not the Celtics. Get them out of here. Find All me right. something more predictable than a Doc Rivers team imploding in the second half of a game seven. <laughs> Sixers were up like 10 and they lost by 30. Wow. Did they lose by 30? It was, I think it was 112 to 88, but they, they were down 30 points by the first few minutes of the fourth quarter. All right, Lockdown NBA and then Lockdown NHL. Check them out. They're uh, they're available yep. on YouTube. Your teams every day. <laughs> you listen to podcasts. We're a national we're show, Joe. We can <laughs> we can go there if we want to. <laughs> Watch right, zero defense. Of these playoffs. Pittsburgh yep. defense. Um, this unit stacked. Got some dudes, man. They've got, got some, some dudes. Big time players on this side of the football. So where do you want to start? Cameron Hayward. What a, what an interesting career arc for Cameron Hayward. Um, I, I think I mean. He's been one of my favorite players in the league for a long time. But uh, did he just have, like, as good a season as he ever has had at yes. age 33? He has, yeah. And, and, and gets totally did... slept on because of the sack production of, like, some of the other interior defensive linemen in the AFC. Ten and a half sacks. It's incredible. What an incredible arc for a player that is just, like, he's always been really good. But, like, he got elite starting at, like, year seven. Right. <laughs> right. Like, he's been really good for a long time. Don't get me wrong. He's been awesome. But, like, he took an insane jump here over, like, the last seven years, and, and he is showing no signs of slowing down. I have a question. We, we are raving about Cam Hayward, and we, we both put him even at this age as a roster cornerstone, right? No signs of slowing down. Right. Let me ask you a question. Has Cam Hayward ever been the best player on a Pittsburgh defensive line? <laughs> Probably hasn't. Probably not. Which is wild. Well, here's all the props he deserves. He's unbelievable. An absolute menace to play against. He's a good dude, too, man. Yeah. Six consecutive Pro Bowls. Meanwhile, you're getting TJ Watt back fully healthy. He's a monster, by the way. I don't think we have to say a lot about him. Or we shouldn't have to say a lot about him. He's unbelievable. I can't believe his ability. Like, there are plays with T.J. Watt where other defensive ends, they're washed out. It's over, right? They got too far up the field. But his ability to, like, corner and come up underneath blocks and make make tackles in the backfield is insane. He's as special of a talent as we've got on the defensive side of the football in the league right now. So how many many more years does T.J. have to go before he surpasses J.J.? In what? I, I I don't mean from a sack numbers perspective, but, like, TJ's made the Pro Bowl five straight years. Yeah. He was three consecutive years AP first team all NFL. He won defensive player of the year in 2021. 
tied the sack record, led the league in tackles for loss in two consecutive seasons, just an absolute ball hawk. The forced fumbles numbers are off the charts. Right. Bats down passes like crazy. Like, the interception he had on Burrow was insane. <laughs> insane. As a, I, I never played higher than the high school level, but I always dreamed of making that interception. Right. Because you can visualize it so well, right? right? But it's, it's just my bodies head. don't actually do it. Dude, unbelievable. So, okay, this is a fun question. Here's, here's how I'll respond to that. TJ Watt's incredible. I still feel like I'm going to 2012 to 2015 JJ Watt is still like the most dominant stretch of play I've ever seen. I don't disagree with you, but I'm just saying if TJ comes back this year and has 18 sacks and potentially wins defensive player of the year again, you're talking two defensive player of the year awards. You'd be t- he made the Pro Bowl last year. Somehow he made the Pro Bowl in 10 games. That would be one, two, three, four, six consecutive Pro Bowls. It would be, presumably, if you want Defensive Player of the Year, be four AP first-team all-defense, two Defensive Player of the Years. You're talking about a stretch run where he he has like 57 and a half sacks in the last four years. So if he has another... (laughs) He has another 15 sacks. You're talking about a five-year stretch with like 70-something sacks. He's entering his uh, age 28 season. That's all I'm saying is that he he's going to give J.J.'s best. Yeah. He has the potential to give J.J.'s best stretch a run for its money. What we're which trying is to say is enjoy T.J. Watt because he's special. Correct. All right. So an absolute menace. All the flowers we could possibly give to Cameron Hayward and T.J. Watt, they've been delivered. Dude, he led the league in sacks and tackles for lost two consecutive years. Yeah. it's and it, Like you mentioned, like the force fumbles are off the charts. The inter- he has six interceptions. Like, what? Six interceptions? It's 37 passes defensed. What? He's an edge <laughs> rusher, right? This is insane. Right. Um, All right. So, can we talk about their linebackers? Because I'm concerned here. Well, how, can we just touch on Alex Highsmith while we're at it? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Good I, I think it's worth, you know, we're talking about the front, and Ogden Joby's a solid player up front for them, too. Um, but Alex Highsmith and his personal development, especially last year without TJ, I, I think was huge. And having that other counter punch off the other edge. So now you have an interior presence in Hayward, you've got Watt off the edge. You've got Highsmith as the other emerging presence. I think that really gives Pittsburgh. We'll see what Keanu Benton does this year. I'm sure it'll be great. Um, they have a lot to work with up front. Now, I do wish they had a little bit more edge depth. Yeah. Than what they have right now, that's an area for concern. If Watt gets banged up again, then I don't know how how well you're going to consistently pressure when it's a rookie and Herbig and Quincy Roche. Maybe they go out, they sign somebody here post June one and get somebody else in the building. But uh, right now your top three is, is about as good of a, a rush trio as you can ask for it in, in the NFL. Well, I mean, they even had Bud Dupree in for a visit uh, about a month ago. didn't get a yeah. deal done, but like they, they should be in the market for one of those guys that's left, whether it's Leonard Floyd, Melvin Ingram, uh, Carlos Dunlap, oh, bring, bring Melvin back. If he's yeah, like those types of players it. are out there. Yeah. They should get one. I mean, Nick Herbig is a, he went a little bit later than we thought. I think he's kind of Did he? ideal for their prototypes. 
Did he really go a little later? I don't know. We predicted him to go in the top 100, Kyle. So, yeah, he went a little later than we thought. Um, Quincy Roche, I don't know. Like, he had some flashy moments so far in his career. But, yeah, I, I would be in I on like a Quincy veteran. Too. I'd be in on a veteran depth edge rusher if I were if I were Pittsburgh. Yep. Expect that to be a move that's made. Now, linebacker. <sighs> okay. Um, Cole Holcomb. This is, this is Il- dicey, man. Cole Holcomb, Elandon Roberts, Tanner Muse, all key additions to a group last year that was Devin Bush and Miles Jack. And those dudes were dogs just chasing cars, right? Yeah, just a mess. Something in I... front of my face. Oh, let me go hit that. Or, oh, let, let me go hit that. <laughs> those dudes stayed block, man. They, I mean, they were they were Velcroed to blocks Didn't all deconstruct year blocks. The instincts and the keys and the processing weren't good. Right. And then we got we went from that to Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb, Kyle. I don't so, love this. If they're going to keep some of the principles that they ran last year with Flores on the staff, Landon Roberts obviously had a lot of appeal because he was familiar with the Patriots system and went to Miami. He was a starter with the Dolphins for Brian Flores for several seasons. And now Flores leaves to go to Minnesota to take the D.C. job, and he still signs in Pittsburgh. There's very few spots in the NFL in which I think Elana Roberts would still be a starting linebacker. Pittsburgh was one of them. And it's because of the situation of the room. He's an early down player. He's a run stuffer, short yardage, first and 10, second and second and mid. Those are the kind of snaps that you want to have Elana Roberts on the field. I think Cole Holcomb's a little bit more diverse of a player. Um, he's a better athlete than Elan and Roberts. But Roberts is a, a, a gap plugger, so you've got a plug and a scrape with these two guys. And and if you're going to ask Cole Holcomb to just chase stuff and Elan and Roberts to step down into gaps and blow up a blocker, okay. that that's You're just going to have to function in that world when you're in your base defense. I'm wondering how much Keanu Neal's and Miles Kilbrew and DeMonte Casey can help here. Because yeah, they obviously... You- they they wanted that player to be Edmonds and Edmonds just never developed. He was never terrible, but he never, yeah, he never became an impact player. He wasn't good in coverage. Well, I got bad news about the players we just mentioned. <sighs> okay. So would you, I would rather continue with Terrell Edmonds than put in Keanu Neal or Tanner Muse. At least you have familiarity Casey. with him backup right he might be better than than Edmonds is he gonna play how about Shannon Sullivan being added into as a nickel DB type I think that's a nice ad they needed that yeah I mean losing Sutton you know who's been a Mm -hmm. really important like interchangeable player for them getting Shannon Sullivan was necessary in my opinion so the the Middle of the field for Pittsburgh, I think, is going to. You're putting a lot on Minka's plate. I thought Minka may have maybe maybe had one of his best seasons last year. I would be inclined to agree with you. Yes. So, and that's, you know, how hard it is for me yeah. to compliment Minka Fitzpatrick, but we both had him as a roster cornerstone. <laughs> right, he's a good player. Pro, you know, the ball production wasn't what it was that first year he got to Pittsburgh when he went absolutely crazy, but. 
He's he's a really good player, and you can see that the faith that it feels like they're putting in him by what else they have as middle of the field defenders. It really feels like they're they're going to have to. Let, I wouldn't be surprised if Casey plays him on the roof, and Minka is kind of the I rat would. in the hole. Yeah, he he showed a lot more appetite for playing downhill, triggering triggering tackling last year than you know maybe there's been at times in the past with him. So. Big year for Minka to complement what else they have, but it, it certainly feels like they they wanted run stuffers and on the second level, and they got him with Cole Holcomb and Elena Roberts. How are you feeling about this corner situation? We playing zone. We playing press. We, playing we better. <laughs> we better be playing zone. Not playing a whole lot of off man coverage. I'll tell you that. Well, yeah, because it's it's who in this. Porter and Trice are the ones that can really run, right? Because if, yeah. if we don't put Shannon Sullivan in this conversation because he's a nickel, right. he's not an outside corner. You've got Pat Pete at this stage in his career. You've got Joey Porter who transitional footwork and flipping carry is, is one of the concerns on his scouting report. We'll see how he acclimates. You have 4'7", Levi Wallace. Four, and six. you have 4'6", what? 4'6", <laughs> four seven we're rounding up i don't care <laughs> and then you have a, another six three high hipped corner with with transitional quickness questions in akella witherspoon we're playing some what what coverage shell are we playing the most three it feels like it it feels like a cover three here yes and then minka's either the the roaming free or he's You'll have you'll have somebody else play the deep third, and you'll let Minka unlock Minka in the middle of the field in the intermediate areas of the field. But Pat Pete at this stage at his best, and you saw this last year when he played for Minnesota. Deep zones, eyes through the quarterback, instinctive reactiveness is, is where he shined. Levi Wallace, when he was at his best in Buffalo, a lot of quarters and three, right? Zone coverage. Yep. Akella Witherspoon coming from the San Francisco 49ers tree. What'd they play? Three. A lot, a lot of three, right? So I think Joey Porter is probably your your best option if you want to if you do want to cloud a corner and kind of rotate the safeties. And get some some hard edges on on the perimeter to play press and tackle. Well, I, I guess you could do that with Pat Pete too. So you do have some interchangeability to cloud a corner up and then ro- roll and rotate the safeties in coverage. But um, feels like a lot of three, a lot of a lot of deep third zone brewing for Pittsburgh. All right, so that's the Steelers' defense. In just a moment, as we continue this conversation, we're going to look at some of the discrepancies that Kyle had when we graded this roster coming up after a quick break. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I'm going to pull this up on on YouTube. Um, Here is the Pittsburgh Steelers depth chart. As you and I, Joe, agree on everything, there's a fair amount of cornerstone. This is the most cornerstones that we have had for a roster yet. So we we really feel good about some of the cornerstones of this unit for Pittsburgh. We have Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, and Cam Hayward as our identified roster cornerstones. Alex Highsmith, Isaac Siamalu, Pat Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson, these are consensus quality starters. I would like to go to bat for Pat Pete to still be a consensus quality <laughs> start. Okay. Um, I'm sure your argument's going to be last year and playing in that style of defense that allows him to play at a high level still. And we are forecasting that there will be a lot of the same here in Pittsburgh. But if you're going to ask him to play press man, yes, I would agree. You know, he, right. he's not not a young spring chicken anymore. He can't run the way that he used to. So if you're going to tell me they're going to play a lot of press man, then yes, I would agree with you. He's an adequate starter. Well, I think that's... We both see it the same way. If you tell me they're going to play a lot of zone, he gets to play like he did last year. Okay, quality starter. If not, then I have concerns about that. Okay. So, let's, so I, let's... I'm, I'm willing to meet you here. And I think there's enough signals here with the personnel that tells us they're going to lean into that style of play. Sure. Surely you didn't sign Patrick Peterson for him to not do that. Right. 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 Okay. So I'll meet you there. Okay. Uh, where do you want to go next? We have discrepancies on Cole Holcomb, Shannon okay. Sullivan, Chakuma core Nate Herbig and Gunnar Olszewski. I think Shannon Sullivan will be easy. Um, I have him as quality depth. You have him as an adequate starter. Yes, correct. The reason that I put him into quality depth is because the way that it's outlined on our page here is that it's looking like he's an outside corner. And so if you tell me that this is their slot player, I think he's a good slot player, an adequate starting slot player. But if you tell me he's your depth on the outside, I don't love that as much. Okay, so that's just a technicality because we put Pittsburgh in a base 3-4. We had 11 slots. So therefore, like he he just went into the corner bucket because we had him in a base 3-4. We didn't have them in a base nickel. So he's so their primary even... he's their primary nickel. Okay. So that's an you. adequate starter as a primary nickel. Yep. Okay, great. Uh you want to finish defense, do Cole Holcomb? Okay. I have him as a replacement level player. And I had him as an adequate starter. I just I, I don't know. I've always been underwhelmed by him. He's an active player. Um he runs around, he makes a lot of tackles, but like I, I just think that he's He's the your new guy that I think you're is going to continue to st- to sign low deals, kind of get by with them. Okay, my motivation was kind of clued into when we talked about the roles of the defenders on the second level, where you're going to have a plug player in Elandon Roberts, and you're going to have a scrape and flow player, free to flow player in Cole Holcomb. I feel like Holcomb with his range and his athleticism he's a bigger guy but he's still pretty rangy um i think this is evidenced by the fact that he's been effectively a he started 48 games in four years 
and he has 15 career tackles for loss, right? He's not a penetration-style player. He's a pursuit-style player. And if I'm forecasting, even though I don't really like the upside of the plug in Elandon Roberts that's playing next to him, if I'm going to put him in the he's just free to scrape and flow and Pittsburgh's going to do a lot of gap control and you feel like they have guys that can control gaps in front of him and he's just sideline to sideline, just go chase down the football player, I think there, there's a skill set there that I would feel at least moderately, moderately comfortable with to put him in that role and keep him in that role. Pittsburgh gave him three years, $18 million. Mm. That's pretty sizable commitment. Relative to this free agent crop of linebackers, right? Yes. They look at him as a starter, at least. Right. I don't love and, it. I don't love him. But uh, Do you want to meet in quality depth? It's a step up from a placement level, but it's a step down from adequate starter. I'm going to, I'm going to let, I'm going to, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to meet you here at adequate starter. And I will be interested in looking back on this. Not, not that like I I got you type thing, but like, I can see this. No, I can see this going a number of different ways. Pittsburgh watched the tape. They said, you know what? Our linebackers were trash last year. We feel like Cole Holcomb at three years, $18 million can be an answer. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for now. But if it doesn't materialize, I wouldn't be surprised. I Can I just ask you a clarif- question, clarification question too? Yeah. When you say you're meeting me, you're not changing these on your own ballot, are you? Um, I, I, I did. Yeah, I did. I, why don't you keep them? I'll because we have the I mean, master that's the first list. one that I've changed. That's the first one I've changed. Right. So so just keep them because then that okay. way, like, I'm not changing my original ballots. So then, like, okay. we can do content down the road that's like, hey, let's go back and look at the players we had to meet in the middle on and see where they actually came out. Okay. I dig it. Okay. So offensively, we have Herbig, Akora 4, and Olszewski. Okay. Uh, Akora 4 is the as- starter. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you want to go with those? I, I was going to knock him out. I think he's pretty low-hanging fruit here. Uh, just as a, a solid return player and high-volume high special teams player, I had him as quality depth, but I understand the limitations. I believe you had him as replacement level. And I don't I don't know that I would fight you there if you wanted to kind of stick your foot in the ground and say, yeah, it's a return guy, but how good of a returner is he actually? Well, I, I think they're just looking for something stable. You know, when, I, when you and I got uh, in here to have this conversation in our pre-show, we talked about Steven Sims and how – much of an adventure that was. And for as many good plays as he made, you know, he, he cost the team quite a bit. And I think what Gunner should be able to provide is stability, right? Just he'll handle the football. He'll make good decisions. I don't think he's going to give you anything as a receiver. Um, I certainly value that, but I don't know how much. Right, we'll and I don't think way. they have enough receiver depth for me to like, like this is, He's, he's going to get some run. He's going to get some chances here. Right. I think that's the thing that really stands out. For as glowing as we were about the improvements on the offensive side of the ball, it's Pickens trending in the right direction. Deontay Johnson. Allen Robinson is a declining player. Calvin Austin is a total mystery grab bag right now. Right. Boykin, Anthony Miller, Olszewski. Right. You cannot have an injury. And Allen Robinson needs to be good. Well, let's play. Let's play a lot of twelve with our guard down on Washington. Yeah, let's let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> for no. sure. They should, they should lead the league in twelve. Right, them and the Bills. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to put him down for replacement level, and that leaves Herbig and a core four. 
Okay. Um, Okorafor's starting right tackle. I have him as an adequate starter. I know he's kind of rough around the edges. I'll admit that. Well, and you know, nobody loved Chooks Okorafor coming out of Western Michigan like Kyle Krabs. Right. I loved Chooks coming out. But in I guess in a perfect world, I would identify him as he'd ideally be your swing tackle. Now, with the addition of Broderick Jones and what that does for Dan Moore, I think you potentially have two swing tackles. So, yes, yeah, somebody's going to have to start. But McCorfor really kind of was waiting in the wings for a few years. He's still relatively new as a starter, right? This is what, year three as a starter for him? Jukes? Yeah. This is his age 20. He's about to turn 26. He's not Right, even but old. he didn't start until 2020. He started four games his first two seasons and then was the, the right tackle starter in each of the last three years. So this is his fourth year. Excuse me, as a starter. They just paid him a three-year, $30 million deal, too. All right, so you want to put him as an adequate starter? I'm not going to fight you too hard on him. I just... Uh, I wish he was better. I, I can say that, but I think he's a passable right tackle. Okay, so a serviceable starting right tackle in the NFL, which would, by definition, make him an adequate and, starter. And listening to Matt Williamson talk about Chooks, it sounds like they're really dialed in on him as being their right tackle. Good. I hope he. I hope he takes the next step. Good for the brand. And then Nate Herbig, um, what do you have, his quality depth? Yeah, I mean, if you can – I know that, like, the Jets last year wasn't his best, but I thought he was really good for the Eagles. He filled in quite a bit. A veteran, he can play all, all three spots. He's 25. So I just struggle with plugging in and being good in Philadelphia. Sure. He played between Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey. It's helpful. Right. <laughs> All right. Quality depth. You you met me with some earlier ones. I'm not super compelled to fight. All right. So that's your Pittsburgh Steelers uh, coming to consensus. Uh, Pittsburgh has three adequate starters or better on the offensive line, plus a rookie in Broderick Jones. That's probably the standout offensively. Uh, defensively, they've got cornerstones inside on the line, on the edge, and playing Deep in the secondary, they got interesting blend of youth and experience on the outside of corner. Kind of feel like middle-of-the-field coverage. There's a lot on Minka Fitzpatrick's plate. And then back on the offensive side of the ball, let's not have any injuries offensively to the wide receivers to give Kenny Pickett the best chance that he possibly can. That is going to do it for us today here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino. Shout out to our everydayers who keep it locked in here on a daily basis. Joe, we are later today picking the winner mm-hmm. of the draft cap giveaway that we did in the YouTube comments on Friday. We owe you guys another one, so keep your head on a swivel. Check the comments. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Like the video. Subscribe comment, leave your thoughts, stay plugged in so you don't miss the next opportunity for a draft cap giveaway because we we hit our subscriber threshold and we're pumped about that and we're pumped that you guys are along for the ride. So keep it locked in right here with us on Locked on NFL Scouting. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino. Peace. Talk to you guys again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.